welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We really hope that you'll be blessed by this week's encouraging message. Before I get into the message, I want to introduce just uh, special friends of the house here. Um, we have, if you guys want to stand up, Stephen and Veronica Jenks. And... And Abigail is almost one year old. Say hello. She is so sweet. I think she's got a possible ministry call on her life. You know, she's already like ready to speak, you know. Uh, she is the sweetest thing ever. Um, but this is a special couple. I would just love for, you know, Stephen, you, one of you guys want to come on up and just give a greeting. Um, Stephen, uh, actually, his, the, his father was the senior leader of this church for many years, over 20 years. Uh, we grew up together. They yeah. serve an Eagle's Wings ministry, and they're ministering all over, literally all over the world. Uh, they happened, they wanted to come here this week and just say hello. Oh, hello. Yeah. She's still waving to us here. Uh, she's so sweet. Um, we have a great history, too, and since I have the mic and he doesn't have a mic, I can say a couple <laughs> things. So I can hold it hostage. But, so you have one of those friends who is like a few years older when you're growing up, and they had the car and you didn't, you know? So he was, Steve was that. Okay, so he had this old station wagon. We would, Steve, we want to go to the mall. Okay, he'd come pick us all up, take us wherever he wanted to go. Had a great time. I remember one story that is a classic story. Uh, remember back in those days, like you wanted shotgun. I want to get the front seat, right. sit right next to him. So I would yell and call it. Well, at that time, I liked my future wife. Um, she didn't really feel that way for me yet. So they were trying to arrange so that I would be able to sit in the back seat with her. But I wasn't smart enough at that time to say, that means I'm not going to be able to sit shotgun in the front seat. So she was like, Steve, no, you don't want shotgun. Sit in the back. I was like, and I didn't understand it. I mean, it's like guys at that age, it's just like we're on like another planet. But, um, but that's some of our a level of friendship and roots. So just, I want you to hear from Steve and Veronica themselves. Good morning. It's wonderful to be here. Uh, with so many friends, uh, a lot of new folks here. Welcome. Great to, great to get to meet some of you and, and hear what God's doing. Um, as Steve said, we grew up together, and uh, it's been an amazing journey to see God's faithfulness unfold in this man's life and in his obedience and the many folks here that have just sowed into my life through the years. Thank you so much. Um, I know we're in a series called Faith Can because I get the New Hope News and I read it. Amen. <laughs> um, and uh, just a, just a, a moment, you know, uh, Abigail is a, a Faith Can story yeah. for us. Oh, yeah. uh, last year, just about a month from now, in a year, um, we had the privilege of adopting Abigail. And it was a long journey of many years, many tears, uh, fears, uh, struggles, but um, we see the faithfulness of God. And I'll just tell you a little bit of her name story. Um, we had been waiting to find out uh, what um, Abigail's mom was going to have, because we found out and we, we, we agreed to enter into adoption, but we didn't know exactly what was going on. And she finally said, um, it's going to be a girl. And we were so excited. And she said, it's going to be born January 15th. And uh, January 15th last year came and went, and no baby. January 20th, came and went, no baby. We began to wonder if we had gotten something mixed up. And I went to a 
a special workshop at our church, the Tabernacle of Orchard Park, about the Father's heart. And God began to speak all through that weekend about the Father's heart. It was a wonderful time. And as I came to the altar, I just said, God, what are, what are you doing? And you know how sometimes God speaks and it's just like neon, right? It's like neon. And the Lord said, her name is Abigail. And he said, Google it. Don't you love when the Holy Spirit says Google it? It says Google it. Yes, that's awesome. So I Googled it, and sure enough, Abigail means Abba Hail, the Father's joy. So God had brought us to this place where he'd revealed his joy, and that's what Abigail has been. He's been the Father's joy to us. So many of you have been praying for us. Thank you for that. Thank you for those of you who've been praying in the midst of our journey, in the midst of our waiting. And we we celebrate today the Father's joy. It's a blessing to be with you today. Thank you. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I remember I always laugh when I see him, and we, it always comes up in our conversation now. About four or five years ago, we were just said, let's get together. We don't get as much time together. Just He's busy, I'm busy, you know how life is. But we said, let's go fishing, because Steve was always the fisher, fisherman, right? And I don't know fishing, but you got to bait the hook, do all the work, and then I'll go and throw it in the water, and we'll have fun, we'll talk, right? So I'm like, I'm not doing the worm thing. You, know, you got to do that. You know, I don't know how to do that stuff. So he does it. We had a great time. So we're like, let's pick the most quiet lake that we can find in upstate New York. Like, we're just like a water reservoir, just with like some nice perch and stuff. So we go through all this work, put this canoe, borrow someone's car. We go out there, find this really nice, calm, still lake. We get out in the middle of the lake. We're out there for maybe half hour, 45 minutes. And all of a sudden, we don't, I don't know what happened, but we're in this canoe. The next thing we knew, the canoe was flipped over, we were in the water, all of our gear, everything, everywhere, backpacks, our food, whatever we had. I mean, everything's like floating to the bottom of Canada's Lake, you know, and we're like desperately trying to swim back to the shore, carry this canoe, and like we get there and we're like, what happened? There's nobody out on this lake. So I was like, no one's going to believe that this actually happened to us. They're like, you know, so we got to come up with a story. So it came up with a story of this rogue wave that came out on Canada's Lake that overturned the canoe. And we still to this day don't know what happened. I think a water bottle rolled to one side of the canoe. That's what we think might have happened. But that was our last fishing escapade. But it, so we still, it's still a little bit of a mystery, but it's turned into a good joke. So, but actually, in all seriousness, this is a great couple. They have been serving God, you know, in ministry for 20 plus years. Uh, get to know them. If you get a chance afterwards and you're getting coffee in the cafe, talk with them, ask them about their ministry, what they're doing. I mean, they are all over the place. They are ministering in upstate New York. I mean, just helping people encounter God, extending the message of the kingdom. Um, they're a blessing. So, um, so this is good. I am going to build on a little bit of what John released here last week. So how many heard last week? Amen. Okay, faith can, right? It was really good. Uh, and while we're doing this too, I just always want to be mindful. Be praying for all of the kids. There's like an army of kids downstairs right now hearing the good news of the gospel, learning about Jesus, connecting with each other. <clears throat> I never want to forget them. So even as we're receiving, be praying, be thinking about them, the children's workers that are ministering. Um, but as, we, as I was praying about this theme, I got this months ago from the Lord, months and months ago, to start the year off with faith, talking about faith. Faith can. Um, it's a new year, it's new opportunities to grow. 
right? New opportunities everywhere. I love the start of a new year. It's like time to, it's a new year. It's a new, it's a clean slate. God, what do you want to do in us this year? How do you want to grow me this year? You know, how can I contribute more in this year? Um, so I've had this theme on my heart. I'm going to build on this and I'm going to talk about it individually and corporately and what I feel like God is doing. Um, and the one thing I do whenever I preach a message, I never plan an ending because I never know exactly. I've learned, I just, I keep that part blank. So we'll just, we'll go there together, uh, see what God wants to do. Um, but faith is the channel that makes God's possibilities available to us. Right? It is the channel that makes God's possibilities available to us. John Lampanero last week shared about reaching into the unseen realm. You know, you're reaching into the unseen realm and pulling out into the present. That that's what faith does. You know? Faith gives hope something to stand on. Literally. Like what you're hoping for in your life, you know, faith is the is kind of the table that that hope is resting on. You know, otherwise it's just not there. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That actually means it undergirds what you're hoping for. So we access that stuff through faith and through believing. Um, I like making things as simple as possible. Faith means believing God. Okay, it's as simple as that. Believing God, believing what He says in His Word. You know, not believing God is disbelief, which is a lack of faith. Okay, that's actually sin. Uh, dis- unbelief is sin. Talks about it in the New Testament. So we want to be a people of faith. We want to be a people of believing. Always believing, right? All throughout the Bible, it talks about faith. It emphasizes the importance of faith, and uh, you know, it talks about the heroes of faith. Uh, I like this picture too. Faith is like water in the harbor. You know, the water is there. When the faith comes in, all the boats rise. You know, when the water in the harbor fills, all the boats rise. So faith is like that water in the harbor. When the water's out to sea, everything is sitting down. When the water comes in, everything rises. The whole level rises. When all of the individual faith that we, God has deposited in us, you know, when we tap into that, it just, we all start to rise, right? The whole thing, all of the boats. So today, what I really felt like from the Lord was just, um, I really feel like there's going to be a time of recommitment to living by faith. Um, and I've been saved for, you know, in this church for 35 years. Every year for me is a recommitment to living by faith. You know, you're always facing gravity in, in, in that sense, right? You've got to work hard to work against gravity. And the, the cares of our world and things and the challenges we go through want to pull you down. So you got to kind of work at it a little bit. And it, these times of recommitment, of rededication are important to get you back on that path, you know. Um, I love that. It's like, you know, life can wear you down, right? Life can wear you down. Kids, as much as I love them, can wear you down. And I have one right here, and she's smiling at me. She knows what I'm talking about. Uh, but, you know, any husband and wife will say, yeah, we need times to get away because, you know, we're just so busy in the day-to-day or whatever. Life can wear you down. We need those times to say, no, today I put a stake in the ground and I recommit and I rededicate my life to this cause. So that's what I'm praying for today. Is that okay, Pastor Chick? All right, I listened. (laughs) Good. You know, we have this funny thing um, going around in in uh, uh, all over America. Everybody's watching this show called Bird Box. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like this Netflix movie. It's like this two-hour movie 
I didn't know anything about it. And then I watched it, and all I'm hearing everywhere is stuff about Bird Box. I'm like, there's jokes, there's memes, there's endless amount of stuff about Bird Box. Yeah, I watched it. You, know, you could save a couple hours, and you know, you'd be fine if you don't watch it. Um, but the whole essence in that whole movie was about all these people in life walking around blindfolded, right? They're walking around with blindfolds on. Now, there's a reason for it. I won't spoil it for you. Um, well, we actually don't know the reason, which is part of the beef that I have with that movie. However, in the movie, they're walking around with blindfolds on, right? So, and like to the point now where even in our culture, they're like saying, okay, don't drive blindfolded because people are starting to do in the movie in real life. So they're having to, Netflix is having to put out things and say, okay, don't do the bird box challenges. Don't do this. Don't drive down the street with a blindfold on. Like that wasn't the point of the movie. Anyways, stupid is as stupid does or something like that, um, that they would have to even say that. Um, But it kind of got me on this theme of, in a way, the believer walks by faith and not by sight. That's obviously an extreme example, you know, of something. But as a Christian, you know, we don't live by just what we see with our natural eyes, right? We we see with the eyes of our heart. You know, the heart is the soul of the person. Um, And God speaks to us, you know, we hear things, you know, through our heart and what we, what the impressions that God puts on our lives. So we walk by faith and we don't walk by sight. We can trust him with our lives. He is trustworthy. You know, do we think he's trustworthy? You know, uh, he really is. I love this. Uh, Hudson Taylor was a famous missionary to China in the 19th century. Anyone heard of Hudson Taylor? He was known for his faith, known for believing God. And he pretty much himself pioneered the gospel into China. You know, by right, bringing bases and missionaries and, I mean, just incredible amount of faith. They asked him, he was talking at the end of his life, and he said this. He's like, I have sometimes met people who said, trusting God is a beautiful theory, but it won't work well. Well, thank God it has worked, and it does work. That was Hudson Taylor saying. After all of those decades of relying on God to come through, with no money, no resources to do what he needed to do, he could say, actually, no, it wasn't just a good theory. Trusting God works. It works in the practical aspects of our life. Trusting God. So it works. Um, as we abide in Christ, we will walk in faith, right? It talks about it in John 15, if you abide in me and I in you. You know, when we abide in Christ, we will walk by faith. It's impossible to abide in Christ and not walk by faith. I think it's impossible. It just doesn't, doesn't even make sense. So abiding, when we talk about that, it means staying, it means remaining, it means resting in him. Amen. Right? When we abide in Christ, we know that he's in us, we're in him. It's this beautiful mystery. And I can stay in that place of every day knowing that God cares about what I think, that he's with me, that he's with me in every decision, that he's with me when I'm at work. And I, that's how you abide in Christ. Yeah. You know, when someone cuts you off on the road on your way to work, you know, Christ is in me and I want to, like, drive down the road and follow him and tailgate him. I don't do that very often anymore. Uh, However, I want to do that, but I feel something inside me say, no, that's what you used to do. You don't do that anymore, you know. And it's like, that's what guides me and guides my life, right? So abiding in Christ, knowing that we're his, staying with him, through abiding in Christ, we walk in faith, right? Um, I was uh, 
talking with a pastor in December, and we were talking about this one point, and it has stuck with me in such a powerful way that before Jesus' ministry, he heard the Father say to him that this is my son, and I am well pleased with him. Before he did anything, he needed to hear the validation of his father say, I love him, I am well pleased with him. He hadn't done, done much at that point, other than lived 30 years or whatever. Um, but then his ministry life started, right? The, we, the recorded ministry. We need to know and we need to operate from that place that we know we are loved, that you are a loved son, that you are a loved daughter. You, you can't live by faith and not have sonship evident in your life or assist this striving you know, rodeo ride that you're going to be on. We have to know that we're secure in the love of God, that we're first and foremost a son or a daughter. And that sounds so simple, but it's so hard. <laughs> you know, because everything in our culture wants to talk about significance and being this or that. But you know what? Before anything else, I'm a son. And Jesus said, you know, God said to Jesus, you are, this is my son, I am well pleased with him. He hadn't done any ministry work that we know of at that point. So, that must be our starting point in the journey with him. If we knew this, I think our lives would be very, very radically different. So we walk by faith by abiding in him, okay? I loved what John shared last week about a brave church. Remember, if you were here last week, he talked about this, looks around in this family, this is a brave family. We're called to be a brave church, a brave family. If you go to our website, you'll see some of the vision that we have. One of the points that we put up there a couple years ago that we had felt was that we were supposed to be a culture of risk-taking and partnering with God. That's actually part of what we envision for us as a family and as a people. Um, We don't envision just staying in the same place every year after year. That's not a vision. Okay, staying stagnant is not a vision. That's uh, that's apathy. That's something different. But here, part of our culture is a culture of risk-taking and partnering with God, seeing God do stuff. You know, when you partner with God, you're going to change over time. He's going to lead you. You're going to start to hear his voice. You're going to start to know him more. Uh, Your life is going to change radically. Um, I like this part too. Faith is not a lucky charm. <laughs> you know, it's not just positive thinking. You know, um, I love positive thinking. I think you know that as we get to know Jesus, you do think positively. You know, he's he's God is loving. I think God is very optimistic. He's filled with hope. He's the faithful one. He's the hopeful one. You know, our lives should have that with us. But it's more than that. Faith is the result of us surrendering to God, bringing us into harmony with God's plan. Okay, That's what faith is. It's the result of us surrendering to God, living, uh, bringing us into harmony with his plan. If there is like one key that I could you know, encourage people with, it is living from a place of constant surrender to God. I think that is one of the biggest keys it has been in my life of like keeping me on the path of a life is living from a place of total surrender. Every day is a place of surrender. Lord, what do you have today? Something that happens to you, you didn't expect it, well, you could either react one way or you could say, okay, God, listen, this happened, I didn't expect it, but I am yours. I live from this place of surrender. You know, how would you have me react to this? What would you have me do? 
living from a place of total surrender is the key, really, to uh, longevity in the kingdom of God, I think. That's um, the only reason, actually, that I'm in this place is able to lead this church is because of living by faith, um, really. And I, I am learning this on this journey just as you are all. We're all at different places in this continuum of this journey, but I wouldn't be here if I did by what I saw that I thought I should be doing. Um, and I'll share this. Just Here's the, the thought behind that. So, as you know, I don't work here full-time. We have full-time paid staff and stuff. Ralph and I, several years ago, we were talking through this, and we had felt a call in our life to be senior in senior leadership. And so we started to move in that direction. Okay, Lord, you're saying this, you're stirring this in us, like we're going to position ourselves in that direction. So we did. He started to take every opportunity to learn, to grow, to lead, to do whatever God was calling us to do. As we started to get to the point of a transition... We were, we were like a year out. I had been planning to transition in fully into Ralph's role, and right? I mean, we were talking about this, praying about this. I was going to stop even the work that I do um, and transition in here fully. Now, at that time, and I still do, I, I work for a top HR consulting firm in upstate New York, one of the top consulting firms in this region. Um, I think the best one, <laughs> definitely. Okay, I'm just going to say it. It is. Um, and as we were planning to transition, God was opening up fresh doors. He was bringing, he was, you know, like stuff that I wasn't even expecting. I mean, he was like, okay, now you have, you know, I want you to serve on this board for the business council for Rochester. Okay, that's interesting. All right, that was happening right as we were talking about praying, praying for everything, how to transition. Another thing came forward of an opportunity in the city to be part of uh, shaping the, what children are receiving in this region for aid and for help and all this stuff with like a lot of the movers and shakers in the city. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. That's interesting. Okay, so all this stuff's starting to happen. Um, and then another one, we're sitting home one night, and got, <laughs> Joy, Joy and I, I'm sitting on my computer, she's sitting on hers, and she says to me, you know, there's a school board opening in this area. You know, you might want to throw your hat in the ring for that. I said, oh, no, no, why don't you go out for that one? I'm not do, I'm doing that. Um, so, but I lost that one. Um, so... <laughs> I went to the interview thinking, okay, I'll interview. I don't have any teaching. I don't have a teaching background, really, more business, but um, I don't think they'll pick me. So out of 12 people, I go through the interviews. Who do you think they end up picking? Me. So I'm like, okay, now I'll serve on that. That is interesting. So, so we're still praying about this as we're planning to transition into church. So we end up talking about it one day and say, okay, God, God you're opening up all these doors Right, so that we can advance the kingdom here in this region, so that God can be glorified in this area, and that, so that we can bring influence, the kingdom of God influence, into whatever we're doing, leading, whatever systems there are in this area. Like, why would you be call, releasing all this stuff to me and then call me to drop it all and then go and work full-time in the church? So we talked about it and prayed about it, and I really wrestled with the Lord on this because I said, Lord, I don't know of any leaders in this region who are not, full, you know, sit at the church 40 hours a week. You know, I don't see how that could happen. Like, I, I don't know of any examples in this area. So, I, we struggled with the Lord on that, really wrestled with them, like, uh, I don't know. But the Lord said, no, I want you to continue doing what you're doing, lead this group of people, grow the family of God here, and rely on and grow a strong team. So, we have an awesome team here. We have full-time, several 
uh, staff members here, part-time, full-time, who lead and grow this church. Uh, I'm not physically here all week long. I am all over the city, you know, meeting with clients and people, and we're talking all the time, and I know what's going on. We're meeting with people at night, so there's a lot of stuff happening. But had I looked at what was possible, or the only thing that I knew, I would not be here in this place right now. Okay, I, I want you to hear that. I'm not sharing it so, like, here's what I've done. It took a step of faith to say, okay, I'm going to step into something. God, are you willing to take care of my family as I step out into this? It, obviously, I do too. I'm part of that, um, big part of that. Um, but, you know, you, you face all the fears when God says, step out and do something. Amen. So for me to be up here, I, am a, I hope you see a living example of what I am preaching. And I am growing because I don't, you don't just stay here. I'm continuing to grow and be stretched and we all are in this place of growing and being stretched. So expect what God is calling you to do to scare you a little bit. I talked with someone this week, and she, <laughs> we were talking about public speaking, and she's like, I know God has put it on my life to be a speaker here of some sort. I'm terrified of it, but that's how I know I'm supposed to do it. So I was like, amen, sister. Yes, you are. That's it right there. If you're terrified to do it, it's probably something God's calling you to do, okay? Now, I'm terrified to jump off a cliff. God's not calling me to go do that. Uh, so there's a limit here, but, um, but expect to be, expect to have what God is calling you to do to feel a little it's like it's daunting because it's supposed to be, because it's the impossible that we can't do by ourselves, Okay, I could not do this by myself. Thankfully, we have an awesome, strong team of people that helps us lead this. Um, but either way, I had to step out in faith. So as we live and surrender to God, our faith enables us to take our place in the body of Christ and fulfill the function that God has planned for us. Okay, I want to go over this point a little bit. We're going to stay on this. But we've each been given a measure of faith, okay? I want us to understand that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans 12, 1 through 8. We're going to stay here for a few minutes. I want to really talk about this. Because this is where it all gets very practical and individual for us, okay? I like practical, too. Romans 12, 1 through 8. This is Paul saying, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of, of worship. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, is God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in the body and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We're individually members of one another, right? We collectively form the body of Christ. Um, so he says, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, then according to the proportion of his faith. If service, in his serving. Or he who teaches, in his teaching. Or he who exhorts, in his exhortation. He who gives with liberality. 
He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Here we see a progression, and we're going to walk through a few of these steps. If we summarize what we just saw in Romans 12, we, we see this, we, that we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, right? That's our first step in Christ. We present ourselves to him. That's our first step. We, here I am, God. <laughs> no, you're Lord, I'm not. Here, here's my life, right? Coming to him with a clean slate. Then our minds become renewed. Our entire lifestyle changes. Uh, it says that our minds become, we start being transformed by the renewing of our minds. We start to think differently. We act differently. We don't do the same things that we used to do before. Our whole lifestyle starts to change. Our priorities change. Amen. Yes. Then we discover the will of God for our lives, which we know is good, acceptable, and perfect. God has a good plan for our lives. Amen. You know, we shouldn't be afraid to trust him. Right. And we get to discover our will, uh, the will of God for our lives with him. We partner with him in that. Uh, the next step, according to what we just read, God has given each a measure of faith. God has given each a measure of faith. Next slide, guys. Is it right? Okay. As we function in our place in the body with our measure of faith, the gifts that we need come into operation. So as we function in our place in the body, as the arm becomes the arm, as the ear becomes the ear, as the mouth becomes the mouth and starts to speak, you know, that we, ex- we with the measure of faith that we have personally been given by God, the gifts that we need to come into operation. That's a powerful point, because I think sometimes we want to go right for the gifts and everything before we found our place in the body, and it doesn't work like that. Well, I want to be this. I want to do that. I want to be this. This is what I feel. Well, where is your place? Where have you found your place in the body? You know, where are you serving? Where are you loving? Where are you growing? Have you identified that? Then as you find your place in the body of Christ, the gifts that God has given you start to come into operation, right? It starts to become evident, you know. But I love the, the, the picture that we've each been given a measure of faith proportionate to what God has given you to release, Right? Like God gave a, a measure of faith in Ralph for what Ralph is called to release and what he's called to do. God's put a measure of faith in Maureen for what you are called to release, the gifts that you have in your life, right? So we activate our faith through the gifts that he's given us. And when the collective faith, all of our faith starts to rise, there's a full operation of the gifts that are now happening, right? We all start exercising our faith. All of the gifts start to become apparent. And what's the purpose of that? <laughs> you know, okay, great. So you're using your gift. That's nice. Yeah, I like the so what question a lot. So what? Yeah, now you got your gift. You're prophesying over people. Well, it's so that the world can see a family of God that looks attractive. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, it really, when you boil it all down to that, um, the body of Christ, the family of God, is attractive to the world, right? It's, it's a beautiful thing operating in harmony and in function with each other. So that is the thing. The world is waiting to see Jesus in us as his body, right? He's not physically here. He's here in us and through us, and he works through us. There is a day where he's going to return and you know, we're going to know very clearly when that is. Until then, it's our job to represent him well on earth. Amen. And we do that through exercising the faith that God has given us in using the gifts that he's given us. Yes. 
okay? I remember uh, as, a, as a kid, you know, you get into high school and, you know, our world starts opening up and we start to see other families and other ways of doing things, right? And I remember being in high school, like, loved being home and with my parents and doing things, but I would also see other families, like, I like that family. I, I want to be around that family, you know? And I remember Ralph and Wanda were one of those for, for me, even before Joy was around, right? Maybe you don't know, Ralph, I was playing piano for Ralph as a worship leader here 25 plus years ago, you know? It's like, that's how we started, formed a friendship, you know? I was his piano player. I knew the music, but I had no boldness. Ralph had all the boldness, didn't have any musical ability, so, right? It's like, it was a great combination. So... <laughs> Steve remembers, you were there. So... <laughs> But, uh, but that was, he was a family that said, I like him and Wanda, I like their family, I want to be around them more. You know, I have other families, you know, some that are even here, some that aren't, that I was like, I like that. I like what I see in that relationship. I want to know more about it. That's what it's like for us in the body of Christ. That the world should be looking and say, yeah, I like them. I like what God is doing there. That's attractive. I want to be part of that. I want to find my purpose too. I want to know why I was created. You know, we're ministers of reconciliation to the world. That we are breaching the gap. You know, we are ministers of reconciliation to the world. Um, I want to share, kind of a close on this point. Um, God, when, you know, you got to look sometimes at what God does in your life because there's prophetic things that happen all the time, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, there's seasons where it's quiet and then there's seasons where God does things. Um, I could give examples on this to help make it practical, but I, I really feel strongly about this. You can look in the New Testament and see, okay, what people were doing, um, you know, fishermen before they became fishers of men, you know. You see David tending the sheep, and then you see later him tending the sheep of Israel. Well, that was prophetic of what he was called to be doing, right? Um, you know, so I, I think for, for years, like, I had had a prophetic word 20 years ago that said that your life would be a prophetic message. So it always stuck with me. So I've watched at what God does in my life. For uh, my first job, I worked in this town, uh, you know, five miles from here on a street called Vantage Point Drive uh, for 12 years. <laughs> so for me, that was very prophetic that I was working on a place called Vantage Point Drive, talking about the vantage point of what is happening, what is God doing for 12 years, which meant government or structure so that you were called to some sort of leadership, you know, and I would remember that type of stuff that God did, and it was preparation for where he's, he called me to be. You could look in your own life and probably see some of that same stuff, prophetic uh, preparation for where God was calling you to be. Look at what you're doing now, and then know that that actually has a purpose and a plan, and that's tied into the purposes of God for your life. One of the things that happened this fall was that my, um, my sister, uh, I have several nieces and nephews, had a boy uh, and named him Caleb. Now, that was very significant to me because last fall, we were going through some real challenges as a family. Um, but, you know, so it's like, you know, we, we all walk through challenges and hard times, right? I mean, we know that in Christian life that that's okay. It doesn't mean you're less subpar. Um, but we stand with one another when we go through those times and God does awesome stuff. Um, but that was significant to me, and at a, what I felt like was more of a weak time in my life, uh, there was born something into our family with the name Caleb, which God knows for me that's a significant, it's like my favorite Bible character, okay, if you get to know me. 
Um, so I actually had a great time with my sister and her husband saying, do you know the significance of the name Caleb? <laughs> this is awesome. I mean, it's such a great name. Um, but God was using that to speak to me about, again, what I was called to do and part of you know, what he has on his heart for me. You know, C- Caleb is one of the great heroes of the faith. Yeah. right? We think about Caleb and Joshua. They had faith. They had youth. I mean, they were... They were out there wanting to be a part of what God was doing. Um, I want to just talk about this story in closing because I love this story. Um, But here's the thing. Heroes of the faith in the Bible typically had a willingness to explore. So there was a curiosity, right? They typically had a willingness to explore, to go where others hadn't gone, you know, to go farther, to go deeper, to go into new territory. Yeah, we're all, we all should have that, really, because we have the nature of Jesus in us. We have an exploration nature. We want to grow. We want to develop. That's a very natural kingdom thing, right? So, um, so Caleb and Joshua had faith and they had youth. And we know that Caleb, you know, after the Israelites came out of slavery and there was a period of time of wandering in the wilderness, that they were now going to start moving into the land that God called them out of Egypt to go get, right? Into the promised land, into their inheritance, and Caleb and Joshua were the two spies that when the 12 spies went to the land, everybody came back and they had a negative report except Caleb and Joshua. They all saw the same thing. They just saw it differently. The 12 spies uh, sent out, 10 of whom came back, gave a bad report. Caleb and Joshua came back and actually said, actually, no, we can do this. Like, we saw that. Everyone else was terrified. They were like, no. Guys, everyone, he actually said they quieted down the people. We can do this. That was their response. This is what God has said. He said he would do it. And I love that part because remember the, the people, they start complaining. They start, you know, complaining against God. Oh, bring us back to Egypt. There's giants in the land. We can't go in there and get them. You know, they were upset. And Moses, right, almost starts calming down God. <laughs> God is like, I am so sick and tired of that group of people. I am just about done, okay? <laughs> this is the final straw. Moses is like, oh, but what is that going to speak to everyone else, God, if you, if you like, smote them all at one time? You, you brought them out of Israel not to kill them, you know? And obviously that wasn't the heart of God, but that's, you know, how, what they're saying in, in the book of Numbers. Um, but I love this. So, you know, here we see... Um, God saying, but my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it. That is like one of the greatest scriptures, one of the greatest validations, I feel like. I'm like, oh man, that is so awesome. I love that. He had a different spirit. May it be said of us, may we have a different spirit, right, than what's out in the world. Um, having a Caleb spirit, having a Caleb mindset that, no, God, you said it. You said that land actually was going to be ours. You, you, that's why we left. So why would you leave us out here to die? Amen. You know, I want to believe what God said and go get it. Go after it. Amen. He wasn't intimidated. He wasn't ready to give in or throw in the towel, no matter how difficult it looked. You know, same thing of us, no matter what we're facing you know, we just can't throw in the towel. You can't give up. I mean, if there's certain things, you know, I always feel like I have to qualify this point. Ralph would always use the example. Ralph says he wants to be a shortstop for the New York Yankees. 
okay, Ralph, he's 60, you know, probably not going to happen, right? So you had to give up, die on that dream. <laughs> that's one of our big jokes. Uh, so that dream didn't happen. Okay, that's not something I'm going to hold on to because, you know, that might not be at all realistic, but uh, maybe 20, 25 years ago. Um, but for the other stuff that we're holding, what we're holding, we want to hold on to that stuff and go after it, right? So then the, the end of this story is so beautiful. <clears throat> actually, I might actually read it. If you want to turn your Bible to Joshua 14, this is really pretty cool. This is awesome. Joshua 14. So this is Caleb. Now, this is 45 years later. Now, coming to Joshua, not even Moses. This is Joshua at 45 years old, still pressing on and fighting. Yay, he had not given up. Still going forward. So that was, um, uh, sorry, um, Joshua 14, 6 through 14. I love this. I'm going to read it right out of here. Uh, then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua, and Caleb said to him, You know the, Lord, the, word, the word which the Lord spoke to Moses concerning the man of God, concerning you and me and Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when, when Joseph, the servant of the Lord, sent me to spy out the land, and I brought him back as it was in my heart. I love that. I went and spied out the land. I brought it back to him as it was in my heart. He wasn't making up stuff. He really believed that. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear, but I followed the Lord my God fully. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden will be an inheritance to you and your children forever, because you have followed me fully, followed the Lord my God fully. Now behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke these 45 years from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am 85 years old today. I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. Amen. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day back then that the Anakim were there with great and fortified cities Perhaps the Lord will be with me, and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. So Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb and blah, blah, blah. And we know that he went and he took it. Amen. At 85 years old, right? He had not stopped. Yeah, we can clap about that. Yes, Maureen. Yes. That's very good. I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, I want to call up the worship team just to come on up and just start playing. And I just want to... Just invite us into this journey, whatever this looks like for us, that we would not be a people who are dismayed. And if we had discouragement, that we let the discouragement go and we continue to move forward. And you, know, you don't have to like, try to save the world in your own strength. I'm not talking about striving and, and all this stuff because you know, we're not going there. But um, those who venture take territory. That's good. <laughs> right? Those who venture take ter territory. Venturing, it could be venturing out your front door and going to work that day. I mean, it could be venturing in a, whatever God calls you to do at that point. But those who are flat-footed in the kingdom don't experience the fullness of God and what he wants for your life. 
So what does that look like for you today? You know, if for all of us, it's so different. But all I want us to do is we're just going to pray through this a little bit. We're going to worship. Is ask the Lord, is, we're in the beginning of this year. We're being stirred purposefully to stir up the level of faith, that faith can. With faith, I can accomplish all that God has before me to do. What is your mountain? What is your mountain that you're looking at saying, or your fortified cities, or the big people that are in that land that look scary, what is that? What are, you, what are you discouraged about, but yet you know that there's a breakthrough coming, or you know there's something that God is going to ask you to do to move into that direction? Those who venture take territory. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name today that you have territory for us all to take as a people. And it may be the restoration of a relationship. It may be the, a new job that you want us to go for that we've been afraid to do. It could be anything. It could be believing for a physical healing that we want to see in us or a loved one. Lord, we surrender it to you today that we learn that we surrender to you. Lord, and as we surrender to you, we start to have our minds transformed. We start to think like you think. We start to do the things that you do. We can leave the old self behind and move forward and venture into new territory as a new creation. Thank you, God. I want to invite you up. If you want prayer today, I would love to pray with people. And Ralph, you want to join me up here too? Prayer teams, if you guys want to come up and just pray. That is, Lord, as our faith is stirred, that we would move in that direction. That we would hear clearly what you're saying for us in this new year. Those who venture take territory. Lord, what is the territory that you have for us individually to go after this year? I release freedom in Jesus' name. I release just fresh words of encouragement, Lord, from the Father right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering that we can open up our hearts to you, that we can trust you, that you are safe, you are safe, and you are good. We love you so much. Bless you, God. Bless you, God. Let's just stand. I want us to sing this together. I love this song so much. And if you have something on your heart that you want to get prayed for today, I want to encourage you to come and get prayer, okay? I would love to pray with you. And... We are behind you in your journey in Jesus. I am behind you in your journey in Jesus. We are going, we are going after it together. So it's good. Let's sing this together. Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like more information or additional resources, Please check us out at newhopecom.org. Thanks and have a blessed week.